Greetings Blacks, I hope you are good. Good morning, today is a day. What day is it? I don't even know anymore. I think it's Saturday. Is it Saturday? The day after the 25th? Yeah, I think it's Saturday. Okay. <clears throat> I hope you're good. I hope your day yesterday was lovely. Um, There were some beautiful pictures everywhere. Of like food. Um... And food, you know, and and food. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'm not seeing gifts. Uh, the blacks are not doing gifts. But, you know, understandable. Um, but I was just like, yeah, food. <laughs> when is the last time you got a Christmas gift, dear? Unless maybe, I don't know if it counts as one. You'll let me know. But someone just gifted me a six-pack of Savannah. And, you know, someone else hit me with an, a smooth, direct deposit. Um, I don't know if that counts as gifts. Maybe I'm thinking of the ones under a tree that are wrapped. Sweetie, we didn't even have a tree up. But, yeah. Uh, the 25th this year, hey? Mm, very different. Different conditions. This was the first 25th we had without one of my most loved grandmothers. Um, but also when I had a curfew. So let's get into that. <laughs> Your president, um, Mr. Eric, Eric Mass decided that, uh, you know what? I don't want you to have too much fun. So at seven, be where you want to be. Which is interesting because it's not a lockdown. A lockdown means be within your domicile. But it is... No, no transit, no transit, essentially. Um, and Botswana, if anyone saved the spirit of this holiday, I'll say Botswana did that for me in how people found loopholes, people do things, people have ways, and they literally decided to start, you know, posting up wherever they are and having fun there. You know, if it's 7 p.m. and you are where you are, well, I guess we'll drink here. Or, <laughs> or gathering, because they kept getting ushered to the police stations. Gathering to have fun at the police stations. What? Um, well, not by choice, of course. But, I mean, just making use of the time, I suppose. And I heard somewhere that when 4 a.m. would come around, people would resume partying right at the police station. Because, I mean, you know, the thing is... When you enforce rules, they're not laws. So what exactly has been broken? Uh, technically nothing. So what does stop you from opening, you know, the boot of your car and, and playing music and drinking the... <laughs> it's just so funny to me. It actually looked fun. The pictures looked so fun at the police station. And I was like, you know what? There's definitely something to believe in here. I definitely needed something to believe in. But yeah, I was and still am up north planning my departure, hopefully Sunday or Monday. Um, My New Year's I'd like to spend with chosen family, as they say. I like that term, chosen family. You know, friends, colleagues, whoever, partner, all these things. Or partners. <laughs> or <laughs> um, 
people who enrich you in ways that uh, they didn't have to, you know. Well, granted, even if they were family, they don't have to. But uh, I think that'll that'll make a lot of sense. <clears throat> so, uh, darlings, well, we're having a lot of fun. Um, I absolutely was, you know, keeping track of the progress in terms of progressive movements locally, Mobotan. And one that was very promising and has been and still is, I'd say, has been the one by the artists, um, the entertainment industries for whatnots. What is it? The people at the fore of that movement, um, frankly, have been doing a lot of groundwork about getting government attention. And the government... Uh, they're very, very, they're at snail pace with this thing. And if you don't make like proper, really destructive noise, they easily can disregard you, it appears. But yeah, got the attention. And so the situation is two musical artists currently got, uh, there's this, uh, I suppose, it's, I don't know if it's a program or an event, but it's going to be a mobile, uh, an, an, a digital festival, digital musical festival. And so I believe 10 or 11 musical artists were offered 20, were given 25K each, and it's for this one thing. And so people feel betrayed. Because as you know, the public mobilized, availed their bodies, gave their time, to support um, these artists in, you know, what felt like it was an all-encompassing movement. I know I had that conception where I felt like, yeah, this is people who feel ignored by government speaking. And so I understood why the population in Zola was in high attendance. I understood why a lot of youth were fervently following and advocating and, and supporting, you know, they felt unseen by government. Um... Well, things turned quickly. <laughs> um, uh, it appears afterwards, you know, they, they, they... Well, I mean, they express their gratitude, basically, these artists. And, you know, they are optimistic about further relations with the government. And I can see how a lot of people have taken it like, wow, you guys are... Y'all are good, so you forget about everything now? Um, so I can see how it can be that way. Then again, in terms of protest, the idea is not to be protesting forever. When things are met, you stop. But then again, there may be questions of when things are met for who? For you? For everyone? How long does everyone take? Does that mean you keep protesting forever? How does that work? Um, I guess I'll have to consume more literature about protest and how movements ideally are supposed to function because I do start to perceive that there's a fatigue that ensues that ensues, is that the word? Or there's a fatigue that comes into play. And I don't think anyone can really stay fighting for very long, especially at, at that magnitude. You're in jail. You're, they're planting things on you. You know, ATI said they planted, tried to plant drugs on him. And, you know, that's very frustrating, highly stressful, and it's not very sustainable. Um but I guess in their defense, I have to say, as much as it seems like they abandoned the quote-unquote cause <clears throat> the moment they had a little bit of money given to them. I also wonder what people expected in that 
or you wanted them to keep mobilizing for you, getting into jail for you, perhaps getting killed, abducted, all these weird conspiracies and things that we hear happen to people who speak up, including in this country. For you, by you, I mean you sitting there with your cell phone at your home, you know, in front of the fan. <laughs> um, and the most contribution you've made is with your thumbs. That's not to diminish those such efforts. Surely till now, besides perhaps readings and trying to go back and forth with theorizing about like tangible frameworks, that's the most of my contribution too, frankly. So those of us who are sitting on our asses, technically. How much do we get to talk? Because it's comfortable to go, oh, he betrayed us, he betrayed us. It's like, well, when did we actually show up to do what he was doing? Like, would you be willing to go to jail? Are you willing to face a system head-on when it's trying to plant drugs on you? Are you, are you willing to cause this kind of ruckus and be called crazy and be belittled and be tested mentally and... And, you know, detained, arrested, humiliated, smear campaigns, all of these things. Are you willing to do that? Because actually, since we're not, <laughs> that's answered it for you. No, you're not willing. Um, I'm joking. I don't know. But as those who are not ready or have not or are not willing to, we have to have a different level of criticism there because... Matches with Mandela and how it's framed that he's a sellout. If you've been sitting for 27 years in jail, you don't even know what the outside looks like, frankly. Uh, you'll take a whole lot of whatever they're talking about. <laughs> um, and since we didn't do that, we, we, we'll, we'll never know what that feels like. You'll never know what it is to literally be at the forefront and just called crazy and people say shut up and you're destructive and 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 you see youth continue to decide to casually support you. But then the moment something comes through for you, now you're Judas. <laughs> it's so crazy, but I'm, I'm just saying I understand. What I will say, though, is 25K is not a lot of money. Obviously, that depends on the person, but I'm just saying. I saw the post. Well, I think I've seen... Over the last few days, three a convertible, um, something that looked like a jeep or a G wagon. I don't know. Sorry, I don't. I'm not gonna cause, and one that looked really like porcelain, like it was charcoal colored, and it was like I don't know what, what kind of paint that is, but yeah. And I was thinking how twenty five k doesn't sustain these kinds of assets. <laughs> like this twenty five k is a thumb suck. It's not even going to cover the magnitude. I believe in Nakai, go pack a line somewhere. And every 25k is small change for people with those kinds of assets. Their mortgages are ridiculous. Their travels are highly expensive. Their shows have high production value. Um, they have staffs of people that they constantly need on retainer because they have to be producing stuff. They have to be available to do stuff. Um, yeah, so 25k when I think about it, it sounds like a cute sum. It does. Initially, and then you factor in exactly what it costs to be um, a person who's maintaining assets like that. Like one of the tires on one of those cars could burst <laughs> and that 25k is gone. So 
I'm trying to wrap my head around the jubilation they're displaying at this 25k. Um, and maybe I'm comparing it too much to more international artists and how, you know, 25k is like a fraction of what they make for one event. Um, but then again, we're here at Mogotana and we know, never think, more than 50% of people employed here get 2k or less. And that's in Pula, by the way. <laughs> so, hmm. there's that. I appreciate at least that the artists did recognize the effort made by government, so that's good. I wish they wouldn't do this entire... It doesn't have to be a backtrack. You can <laughs> appreciate something someone does without having to erase your entire message, I guess. But it's up to them. They're the ones who are doing these things. And um, all I can say is we can appreciate the conversations it has started. So even if they choose to never say another word again. Um, hey, you have your own voice. You can use it. You can, until you get your needs met too, whatever industry you're in, whether it's farming, whether it's whatever the hell else, um, you can mobilize, you can do things to actualize things. I don't want to make it sound too simplistic. I know it's not that easy, but there's things you can also leverage. Um, I know my personal mandate, absolutely, for 2021, I don't know how this will happen, but I absolutely want to make sure abortion is legalized in bots and ensure that um, there are crisis centers. Well, this will be later, but um, crisis centers for sexual assault uh, in Botswana. And the last is, yeah, accessible contraceptive. Because I have the sociological idea of what pregnancy means and symbolizes Botswana. <clears throat> Alright, um, so the final aspect about, you know, new things that have unfolded in this country that matter. Um, so Ignatius, see that is a funny, funny name. It sounds like a book character, Ignatius Mosani. Um, he was formerly in the BDP, is now in the UDC. And I love how it gets framed, <laughs> depending on who tells the story. But I know... Um, I think it's Duma Baka on his page. He just spoke about how, you know, thousands of people are just flocking to the UDC, he says. Um, and how they obviously don't fail to indicate, you know, lots from the BDP. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was like, wow, you couldn't help it. But, I mean, good for my son. Is he not the man who lost, like, his kids or his wife and his kid or something? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I recall he had a loss. So listen, sir, ma'am, what you need, go get it, and good for you, and I hope you're healing, and don't let these girls bother you, because you deserve whatever the hell you want right now. <sighs> Oops, I just, mm, okay, no, we'll see how it goes, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um... I don't think we can uh, call these things betrayal and such. Because, you know, just as much as these people have initial allegiances like us, we also encounter new ideas and decide differently. So I don't know why they don't get to do the same. Even if it's very confusing. All right. Let's get a bit into Christmas. Um, so, friends... 
I hope your Christmas was enjoyable and you got to rest or party or do what it is that you wanted to <laughs> and that you were by, by your chosen venue by 7 p.m. and that you made it out, you know, in time, I guess, to be where you need to be. I was thinking, actually, how safe is this whole curfew thing? So we're the second rate capital in the world with an approximate population of 2 million human beings. That means we are exceptional in the sets. Like, we are just excelling at rape. That being said, I was just thinking, in addition to it generally being a femicide in the country, what are the ramifications specifically for women of having a curfew like this in a time like this? Um, because surely it's very dangerous for women to end up stranded somewhere, whether that's in a car on the way somewhere or even just in a line at the police station being ushered there after violating curfew. Or even if it's Komana thing, where maybe you do depart, you go with your girls or whoever you go with somewhere and you guys decide that's where you're spending your night or whatever for the 7 p.m. And as women, I think it's a very frequent thing. We get somewhere and realize it's either unsafe, um, uncomfortable, or we prefer to just call it a night. I think that's a very important option that women need to constantly have the ability to leave. So I was really wondering how many, what are the circumstances this creates for women? Because even I've had to consider, you know, I'd like to go have drinks and da, 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 but I like the luxury of knowing that <clears throat> when I want to depart, I can fuck off. Um, but I want to know more. When, when this is all said and done, what were the experiences of women under this kind of situation? Because I think it's very dangerous the idea that you are stuck somewhere as a woman, anywhere, regardless, whether that's an, even in a marriage, uh, in a job, in a dynamic, I don't care what it is, but a space of liquor and partying in this country for women, you need the option to leave. And people need to know you have the option to leave because I, the predatory personalities are going to absolutely thrive on the knowledge that the Huns who are here right now can't go nowhere dangerous very dangerous and if we had a government that centered their considerations of the most vulnerable i.e women uh and uh, obviously and children and such and such <laughs> there'd be different ways of approaching going about this but I, I i'm trying to understand so what happens in a situation say like you go somewhere someone's making threats or it or, or violating you in some way or making you uncomfortable or whatever, something, and you need to depart. Is there a way to negotiate that with, with police? How does that work? If perhaps, because there's often circumstances, things are complicated. What about a medical emergency? How does that work? And this is general now, this isn't just for women. I'm also trying to think, what about in terms of children? Say, how chase it's like I have five, and now you need to run and get some things for the kids, and now basetse, you know, balenosi or with a housekeeper. How does this work? Because even in Habron, I know the traffic takes like two hours to subside after business day, and so you barely make it home by seven, anyways. But now people 
are free and mobilizing to their spaces of choice. I don't get it. How, how does that work? And one question I had at the beginning of this was, um, so what does it mean for the public transportation industry? Because clearly buses and such need to calculate when they can move, right? But buses are driven by humans. <laughs> and a lot of the time they bank on being able to return. And so now employees are being distanced from their homes and spaces because of this curfew. It's just the ramifications are endless, hey? So perhaps from Gabs to Francistown, you need to have climbed by 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. But then even with that, because what happened was in Francistown anyway, so it's like, how do you even get home? It's just, it's a very run, run, stashy type of situation that I'm trying to understand how it controls COVID because all that's happened is people just get to their places of enjoying their evening earlier. That's all that's happened. It's just added an inconvenience, but it hasn't stopped the party. And so maybe it was a softer way of saying a lockdown. <laughs> But I still think it's not quite, I'm not, I'm not getting, the short notice, here's my thing, the short notice, people are in enterprise, unemployment is supremely high, (laughs) people are making money in their own unique ways that they've had to, because this government, hmm, let's not go there, Um, businesses need notice for everything. You cannot make last-minute decisions like this. Um, last minute. Because it was said night before. And it's concerning because the ramifications besides economically and financially for businesses, specifically vulnerable ones like small enterprises and such, but just humanely, the respect of humans to know that this is something they need to know and prepare for. Because... <clears throat> Someone had mentioned how SSG trucks had been mobilizing and everyone was having questions about what's going on with that. Come to find it was in preparation for this. So if you knew a long time ago that this is what you would be putting in place, where's the respect of telling Batsana in the time they deserve? This is where the dynamic is screwed in that I get frustrated in how there's no regard, no respect, and it's seeming very... uh top down and how you know they can snap a finger and completely change your life at any moment and it's high anxiety and stress inducing and also dangerous for people's businesses poverty i read something the other day about you know poverty and how it's very important in the event somebody wanted to maintain power poverty is very important I'm not going to accuse anyone of anything, but I'm just of the belief that to keep people poor means they absolutely don't have the means to oppose you, argue with you, call you out. Their lives depend on you. And it's a dynamic that is very effective. Keep them poor. So sometimes when you see businesses being compromised and it looks deliberate, is it deliberate? What does that actually mean? Why is it that all of these very 
awfully timed, poor quality, back and forth, indecisive decision. People are in business, honey. People are in business and being compromised consistently in so many ways. And so I'm just saying, in the event one wanted to maintain supreme authoritarian power, they need to be poor. People who are financially empowered, people who can feed themselves, don't give a damn about what you're talking about. They really will absolutely remind you that you're not going to play that. I really am of the belief that that's why first world countries are very staunch about their rights. They really don't play because they have some room to do that. They're not starving, for one. It's hard to, to, to uprise when you are very hungry and you don't exactly know where you're eating next. And so I'd say, you know, if somebody wanted to maintain authoritarian power, that would be a great idea to keep them poor. Anywho, um, we'll be right back. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back. So I wanted to tell you guys about this I think it's a very promising endeavor and it can really create a lot of opportunities for all kinds of creators. And so this is a streaming platform that's online that's been established for local Botswana, for local Botswana creators, sorry, <clears throat> Botswana um, content producers, writers, all kinds of people involved in the process of creating entertainment specifically in the form of visual entertainment so movies series um documentaries and such it's called upic tv so upic tv and the website you go to is upic tv dot co dot bw and then from there you're gonna register it doesn't take long it just needs like a password and your email address um you verify and then yeah it's there's a seven day seven day trial sorry which is what i just registered for now and see what they have there and see um what's available at the moment it is a very very new platform i know at the end of last year they had a call for creatives to submit their ideas and then in the beginning of the year and obviously with covid being you know a factor there was content produced, but obviously not as much as there otherwise could have been. But they have some things up there. You can tell it's starting out, <laughs> but it will get there. Um, so they had a signing ceremony in, uh, when was it? Was it like August? August this year. And they were enlisting some producers and such. And then they had another one literally, um, was it November? Towards the end of this year, they had another one. And so uh, it's expanding, man. It's getting bigger. They had confirmed around 90 projects, and that can be anything from series to like shows and or, or whatever it is that they decide to take on. So I'm excited to see it have a lot of local content. You know, Batsona are very witty, very animated, very entertaining people, great storytellers. You can't tell me that you don't think there's talent here. In terms of entertainment, that would be a lie because factually, you know, something is mundane. Any kind of activity 
can turn into an entire entertaining engagement because of the just the great robust personalities that one I have you know so as much as there's a lot that we wish we could change about things what we are not missing is talent so I'm so so excited um I know already there's one show on there that I'm so happy is there there's someone I follow on YouTube called um what does he call himself Dancy I don't want to use Stigger chef he's a chef chef's who chef dumel and they call him stuga he's on there he has a cooking show which is awesome because we've watched his business grow and thrive thereby um you know advertising his his product on twitter and watching people's reviews just like speak for how great his craft is and now he has a show on there which i actually should make sure i, I have a look at that because um, I was browsing through and thinking, hmm, what am I going to watch it? But yes, I think I'll have a look at that. There's another show I watched where they speak to creatives. I'm interested to know from where exactly and in what 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 aspect of the industry they are. Um, that would be interesting to watch. And yeah, I hope they get some horror content up there also. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm thinking like a Netflix one. <laughs> I think it's going to be so dope. Granted, Botswana are people who don't quite pay for things. <laughs> I'm hoping people will at least appreciate it enough to be willing to subscribe. Hopefully, it doesn't have to be too exorbitant in terms of the fees. I'm not sure, but at the end of the seven-day trial, how, how much exactly will I be asked to pay? But I was just excited to register and have a look. Please go to UPIC TV. Um... And if you're a creative or someone who wants to try your chops at like sending in a proposal, um, every couple months they have dates open where they are open for submissions. And so you can, if you have an idea, who knows, um, they might like it and you can go in there and explain what you're on about and get some coin and entertain us. So please do that, upictv.co.bw, TV. To everybody, register your mani, your auntie, your cousin, everybody. It needs to be supported. It's in partnership with Buffinit. And yeah, they had a launch. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed actually, considering it's been like less than a year of them actualizing this since the first, first call for submissions ended last year. And amidst a pandemic, impressive. So this is amazing. On that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope y'all are traveling safe. Um, <laughs> this curfew. Uh, listen, I hope you survived your Christmas. I know New Year's is coming up. I don't know if we'll talk before then, but if not, happy New Year in advance. And I will see you that side if you're not leaving me behind. You know that that with the lady with the bag of all the stuff she's just leaving behind i hope i'm in your bag that you're taking with you okay so thank you what an interesting yeah is what i'll just say interesting <laughs> i'm not trying to be cynical right now this is not the time it is first thing in the morning and let's leave it on that note i will keep bringing you whatever things i think are quite relevant and update you on the process of this trying to legalize abortion mission that i have going on here and please give me any ideas and contributions, please, because I'm, I'm an ignorant fool. And <laughs> so any guidance would be welcome. The email address is moreaboutyou, <clears throat> sorry, moreaboutyoupod at gmail.com. 
I'll update the email to fit this new title because you know we've been deplatformed before. But yes, I'll, <laughs> I'll get us a proper email address. But thank you for listening. Enjoy it. Take care of yourself. And bye.